Hello and welcome to the Sugar Pussy Podcast. It is Thirsty Thursday and this is the very first episode and I am extremely excited to bring it to you. My name is Ellie Ray and you have no idea who I am, but that's okay because you're going to get to know me really well over the next who knows how long I do this. But I've been wanting to start this podcast for a very long time and I'm really, really excited. So in this episode, first of all, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit, tell you why I'm doing this and tell you why I have any right to be talking to you over your speakers, tell you what to expect as far as content goes over the next who knows how long and explain why we're doing this. And then I want to get into some stories because who doesn't like stories? And maybe discuss some things that have been on my mind. So let's get started. First of all, who am I? You can find me on all social medias, Ellie Sugar Ray, and you can also find this podcast on social medias at Sugar Puss Pod on all platforms. They didn't really like pussy in the name, so it's just Puss, P-U-S, Sugar Puss Pod. Now, what, what is this? What is happening right now? Who am I? And do you hear that? That's my cat. He's pretty cute. I'm going to have to fix this. Give me a second. All right, you guys. I can't kick him out of my room because that feels really mean. So um, I'm sorry if you are like a horrible human being and you don't like cats because he's probably going to keep crying and you're going to just have to listen to it. So where was I? Oh, yeah. Who I am and what this podcast even is. Sugar Pussy. It got its name because I kind of think that the world needs a voice from a sugar baby and I'm a sugar baby and I think I'm a really fucking good sugar baby so I hope that I can bring some stories and some perspectives and kind of normalize the whole process and make it a little bit less abstract for a lot of people it's this thing where they they picture these gorgeous girls in like freaking Hollywood getting taken out by like an older man and giving cars and supported and shit and that definitely happened but it's it's not the normal as far as sugar dating goes so um I'm here to answer all of your questions about sugar about what it's really like about the dangers of it but also the opportunities it can present and I want to normalize it and I want to educate on it I guess. I also just really like talking about these things, talking within the taboo and normalizing taboos and creating thought processes and dialogues around these things that society doesn't really like us to talk about and I think that when society tells us what we do and what we don't talk about um, dangerous things can happen. For example, I was in a really abusive, toxic relationship for a long time because I wasn't very open and honest about what was going on with people and they were never able to tell me that I needed to get out of it and it took me a long time to realize and grow within my situation and get out of it in the first place. So those are the kinds of things that don't need to happen and they happen because people don't 
or think it's weird to talk about sex and to talk about their sex lives and their sexuality and all those types of things. We grew up in a world where the most people talk about are bragging or making jokes and any actual conversations are considered weird and awkward and people just don't have them. So we're going to change that, we're going to normalize that, and we're going to make the world a better, safer, more sexual place. I am going to start this off with a little warning that if you're somebody listening to this and you don't want to hear about my sex life, you probably should turn it off right now and stop listening. This is not the podcast for you because we're going to get really personal and we're going to get very detailed here. So if you're easily offended or if you don't want to hear about my sex life and the dirty details... Now's a really great time to just switch it off and forget that you ever started listening or found this podcast. Okay? Okay. Hey Ellie, how did you ever get into sugar in the first place? Well, why don't we talk about that right now? Alright, great question. I was laying in bed one day and wondering why I didn't have more money to go blow off at the bars that night. So I was complaining about it with a friend and I was like, I really think I need to get a job. And really quickly, I just want to mention that the only time since I was 15 that I haven't had a job was my first semester in college. And I didn't get a job because I wanted to get into the swing of things, figure out how much of myself I'd be putting into classes and that kind of stuff. And in hindsight, I'm really glad that I did that because college really stressed me out and it was a crazy time of my life. And I did have a job for the rest of it. It was just that first semester I didn't have a job. So I was like really wishing I had some more money to spend. And I was complaining about it with a friend. They're like, you should just get a sugar daddy. Great idea, I thought. And I rolled my eyes. And that little seed was going bonkers in my head it was like hmm, I wonder if this really exists well who better at to ask than google right so I start googling sugar arrangements do sugar daddies really exist how to get a sugar daddy and everything that I found led me to the site seeking arrangements and mind you it's 2020 now and I think a lot of people have heard about seeking arrangements and have a good idea about what it is But when I was looking, it was three years ago, and it was not as well known. At least my little innocent self had no idea what it was. So I find it, and I'm like, huh, well, this is interesting. So I made an account, and instantly I start getting hit with messages. And that, you guys, is how I became a sugar baby. It did take a long time to act. I think it took me probably two months to establish my first arrangement. I had a bunch of learning to go through of how to recognize somebody who's fake, what kind of expectation, like realistic expectations I should have, what my self-worth was, how to establish boundaries, etc, etc. And I finally started Sugar. And I will say now, looking back, I did not value myself enough. So I ran into fake arrangement after fake arrangement of what I was hoping to get. And my expectations fell lower and lower. And my first arrangement, we did pay per meet. So monthly allowances are something that is a beautiful thing. But 
very rarely ever become actually established. So when people first start, they have this romantic view of a monthly arrangement, shopping trips, all sorts of things that you're going to get from a sugar daddy. And when it comes down to it, most oftentimes these things are you get dinner, you go to an event, you see a show, you go do something fun, and then you end the night in a hotel. And it's a pay-per-meet situation, which hits a little weird. Sometimes people are like, well, that just makes me feel like an escort or a cheap hooker. But the reason why pay-per-meets are so popular and really the most realistic way to get started with something is because I don't know how many times I've tried to start an arrangement with somebody and it lasts maybe a month or not even. And until you get going on a consistent basis and you have a good relationship with them and you trust them, you can't expect a monthly allowance. That's just not how it works. And so you set up a monthly allowance on the contingencies of we meet this many times and then you can break it down of, okay, well, if we meet this many times, you would get this per meet and then you get that per meet. And it, it is a monthly allowance. You just get it in segments of when you meet. That's how the majority of them work and you have to be okay with that. And there's really nothing more to say. You have to be okay with that. If you're not and if you are somebody who wants that monthly allowance, you probably will just have to work a little harder to find somebody that you have a really good connection with and that you trust and you might not be able to start that arrangement right away. You might have to have that dialogue between each other for a month or two, get to know them and become friends before you can start an actual paid arrangement. And if you have the time for that, if you have the patience for that, if they have the time for that and the patience for that, more power to you. That's a beautiful thing. But in my experience, you know, it's something you you meet them, you see if you get along, and then you establish an arrangement and you get an allowance per time that you meet. So my first one, I'm just going to be very open here. I was getting $2.50 a meet. I would spend maybe an hour to two hours. We would have drinks. We would talk. We would watch TV. We would fuck. We would cuddle. We would talk. And then I would leave. And he would give me my allowance and we would go back to our normal lives. And that was that. And then we would, you know, message each other. Hey, when's the next time? Establish the next time. And it last. And that one lasted actually probably a good year. Um, it was kind of more on and off. Some, some months we wouldn't meet as much. Some months we would. Yaddy, daddy, daddy. We got along really well. I really enjoyed my, my spending time with him. It was great. But it was cutting myself off a little short and that's the only arrangement I've had getting paid that low. The second lowest was 350 and then 400 and then after that all the arrangements I've had are four to six hundred dollars per meet. And so if you meet once a week or a couple times a month it adds up to a decent monthly allowance and I have had times where it's more of like a hey here's your monthly allowance. I know I'm going to see you. I'm not stressed about it. And it's really beautiful, but it always takes a little while to establish something like that. And it takes a couple months to really get on the same page and to build that kind of trust. So yes, those are the expectations that I think are very realistic to start out with. The other thing I want to say is location has a ton to do with sugar arrangements. Where you're at is going to be, in the environment of the place you're at, is going to me be um, 
how much you get paid, the quality, how many people and messages you have to shift through of basically people just wanting to fuck you for $200 and all those types of things. So it's just really good to keep in mind that you have to establish boundaries for yourself. And that's going to be my first piece of advice for anybody out there interested in this is establish boundaries. Really think about what you think you're worth, what you think your time is worth. And also keep in mind that it's not just the physical time that you spend with them. It's the time beforehand, the time after. There's kind of a, a mental buildup to it. There's, you have to really care about yourself and you have to be able to get ready. I mean, I consider the time that I take getting ready and driving there as part of my me. I do have to put on a full face of makeup and I a lot of times have to drive at least a half an hour to get where I'm going and then there's a half an hour back and then there's that two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, overnight, a weekend, who knows, of how long you're spending with your sugar daddy. So there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot that you have to consider, but it's all personal. It's all what you want and it's all what you are worth. There's no one else there to tell you this is what you're worth. This is how much you ask for. Do this, do that. You decide it for yourself. You're in control. You're the CEO, baby. You get to make all the decisions and if somebody isn't there with you on those decisions then you find somebody else it's really not something that should be stressful to drop someone if they're not living up to your expectations if they don't want to pay you what you think you're worth if they're asking for too much sexually if they're not open to the kind of dates that you want if you're not actually enjoying your time with them those are all things that you take into account when you're deciding if it's worth if it's worth it or not. There have been many times when I like someone as a person, but I cannot stand the sex with them, so we don't have an arrangement. There are times when they want me to do more than I want to do, so I don't have an arrangement with them. And I could go on and on about these, but I think over time I'll get into my like specific arrangements a lot more. I just, in this first episode, as somebody coming at you who is a sugar baby, and possibly sparking all sorts of questions, I want to establish very clearly and very strongly that primarily it's about safety It's an, and it's about what you want. And it's okay to say no. You have to say no. And that is it. Those are the most important things. Establish those things and you're Gucci. Have all the fun you want. Go on all the trips that you want. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. But you have to have those boundaries set. So enough about that. That stuff's kind of boring, but it's also really important. I know, at least in my life, I don't know that I've ever had a friend who hasn't thought about it. Maybe even on the most surface level of, wow, it would be nice to have a sugar daddy or, you know. I feel like that thought has entered everyone's mind at some point. And people take it to different lengths. Some people try it. Some people don't. Some people sign up. Some people talk to people. All sorts of different stages that you can take this to. But if you're listening to this, then you've probably thought about it. And I want to make sure that anybody who's thought about it is also thinking about how there are dangers involved. Your personal safety, your sexual safety, your mental safety is at risk whenever you consider something like this. Are you emotionally able to handle that society is going to consider you a sex worker? Whether you think of yourself that way or not doesn't matter. 
people are going to look at you like you're a whore when you tell them that you've had a sugar daddy. Society has a very toxic attitude towards sex work. And that's something that needs to change. That's a perspective that I can't stand and I have very strong opinions about. But it's a reality that you have to be able to face and you have to be able to accept emotionally and mentally and physically. People just treat you differently when they know. And it's different from a stripper. It's different from an actual escort. There are all sorts of different kinds of sex work out there. Some do more than others. There are dominatrix out there. They don't have sex at all. OnlyFans is huge right now. It's all sex work. And sugar is one of those forms of sex work that's on the line of being considered straight up sex work and not being considered sex work. And it just depends on who you talk to. But if you're considering it, it's important to accept that there are people out there who are going to look at you like a full-on escort, sex worker, regardless of how you think of it. So you have to be able to accept that. All right, you guys, I promise that future episodes are going to be more entertaining than this one, but as the first one, I just really wanted to get through some of that initial stuff. Um, Basically, it's really important to me that you have a decent understanding of where I'm coming from and my mentality surrounding these things. So um, I do think that it's interesting to talk about and interesting to think about, but it's not the most. So let's hopefully get into some more exciting stuff here. I do want to address a question that was proposed to me recently that I think is really fun and it's really exciting to go through. I had a lot to say about it and I think that it's something that a lot of people might have questions about. So we're gonna ask it and I'm gonna respond to it really quickly and then we're gonna end the episode. So the question. One of my partners watched Fifty Shades of Grey last night and now she wants to do that stuff. What's the best place to start? So that's a fantastic question because Fifty Shades of Grey got a lot of, a lot of response in society. There are people out there with a lot to say about Fifty Shades as a movie, as a representation of BDSM. And without getting into my personal opinion of Fifty Shades of Grey, which I definitely have, I want to address kind of what it's introducing to a lot of people, and that is a side of sex and a side of sexuality that a lot of people never explore, and a lot of people are intrigued about but scared of. And the question of how to get into it is a really interesting one because so many people have zero idea of how to get into it, and a lot of people, when they do get into it, get into it with a partner who knows what they're doing. But not everyone has that ability. Um, Like the person who asked me, neither of them have a fucking clue how to start something like that. And I think the, the best way to start something like that when neither of you have any experience is to really talk and get on the same page of what aspects of it that you're interested in. So are you interested in the hot, steamy sex? Or... Are you interested in the power dynamics and being made to feel a certain way? Are you interested in feeling small? Are you interested in feeling control? Are you interested in being able to release that control? It's a really interesting thing to talk about power dynamics because so many people live a certain way, but in the bedroom, they want to be a different person. 
They want to either have control or not have control. They're using the bedroom, they're using a partner to be able to enter a different space, release the normal stresses of life, and just enjoy themselves. Power dynamics, BDSM, allows people to do this in the most beautiful way, but it can also be really dangerous. And you also have to take things very slow and communicate, and you have to be willing to do this when a lot of times people don't want to. They don't want to talk. They don't want to have the, have to have those awkward conversations. They don't want to have that awkward initial, those first steps into something like that. And I understand that, but it's worth it. And that curiosity, once it's sparked, isn't going to go away until you try it. So my response to this person was, like I mentioned, you have to figure out what it is that you want from it. Then if it's power dynamics, you start small. What is it you want to feel? Do you want to release control? Do you want to gain control? And how are you going to express that in a small way? What's the smallest way? Maybe all you have to do to spark something like that is just change the language that you use with each other in bed. Instead of being, hey, let's do doggy, you say, get on your hands and knees. Do you see how that like sparked something that is making the person who's being told what to do release responsibility? So just telling a partner what to do instead of suggesting goes a really long way and does a lot for the power dynamics and the, the, the mentalities that are happening with both people in the room. Things like that are so simple and so small, yet do amazing, wonderful things. And then afterwards, you can be like, did you like how that felt when I told you to do that? And they can be like, oh my god, it was amazing. And it's super easy and it's super simple. So the other thing that I told him, and if it's just like the sex part, if you don't really care about the dynamics emotionally and mentally between you two, and it's really just the scene and just like the sex that you want, a really easy way to start, and this might be too much for some people, but usually I think it's it's a pretty safe bet. If you're the one in control, just all you have to do is when you're making out, so she's on her back and you're on top and you're making out, just take her arms, take her wrists, and pin them above her head while you're making out. And that's all you have to do. You can, like, let them go after a little while, but, like, just take them and pin them and so she can't move her arms or he can't move his arms. And, like, that's it. That's all you have to do. And, like, that can be enough for an entire time of having sex that it's just, like, makes it so much hotter because instills this sense of I'm the one in control or he's the one in control or she's definitely the one in control. And, like, I'm just here and taking it and I, yeah. And I'm telling you to start slow. It's really important that you don't take things too far, that you start slow because it's really easy to get into this like mentality where you don't take into account where your partner is at and maybe you don't know how to read them very well yet. So you pin their hands for a couple of seconds while you're making out. How did that feel? Did you like it? Did you feel safe? Um, Would you want to do that again? That kind of stuff. It's really not hard. 
and it's actually really bonding to be able to talk about what um, you had just done and what was good and then you learn and next time it's even hotter and those are that's where you start if you're interested in getting into that kind of stuff those little steps are where you start and then you can start talking about and establishing like hey um what do you want me to call you in bed do you want to get a little freaky with this okay you guys hopefully some of that stuff was interesting hopefully you got some stuff um from what i was just talking about and you maybe you found my sugar experiences interesting maybe you found uh the question and answer interesting Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Sugar Pussy on your Thirsty Thursday. And I want to kind of go into the future of this and where it's going to go. It's mostly, I mostly want to say I want feedback from anybody who listens to this. Was it really fucking boring? Was it entertaining? Um, Were there good things did you get anything from the episode and then since this is so new and so fresh I want to know where you want this to go um did you like the question did you like the advice did you like my experience with sugar do you want me to go into more depth on that really anything that you guys want any feedback you have any questions just dm me um on on instagram on twitter and then you can find me at sugar puss pod okay but dm me what you think please ask me questions all sorts of things yeah i think i think we can have a lot of fun with this (sighs) dm me on social media you guys let me know what you think i will see you guys next week with episode two of your sugar pussy pod (laughs) 